Let's do it. Welcome to Clocking Time with RTC Fitness. And we are here today with Coach Allie, who's going to share some wisdom with us about surviving the holiday season. We're recording this about a week before Thanksgiving, so the holiday season is upon us. It's already crazy out there, isn't it? It is. And I think, for me, holiday season craziness in terms of like the way you see people's mindset shift and the tension set in and the stress and the way their schedules start to change and what tends to look at become like a snowball effect it really starts you seems like a week two weeks before halloween so i would say at this point we're like well into the holiday season um at least from the way that it impacts what the other eight months of the year typically look like for people in terms of their habits around overall health and wellness and more balance in that. So definitely it is well upon us at this point. All right. Well, what are some, I I just thought we could talk a little bit today about how we can, you know, stick to our goals, our fitness goals, mind and body um, in the midst of all the craziness, but yet still enjoy the holiday season. We know the holidays aren't joyous for everybody. Right. Um, but it's supposed to all be about peace and love and, you know what I mean? Yeah, Giving it's supposed to be, right? All the things. It's supposed but, to be, yeah. Um, so maybe we can start with, with food and nutrition, just because the hol- Thanksgiving and Christmas, like, it, everything is around, about food in yes. a lot of ways. It's very much. The gatherings um, and absolutely. Many, like, extra kinds of foods that we maybe only eat, have at this time of year that aren't always great for us, but... Yeah, so and the cookie trays that are yeah, always out and yeah. around, and yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, the first thing that I always like to do, with, especially with my nutrition clients this time of year, is setting them up with some realistic expectations. So talking first and foremost of, like, what do you want to get out of this holiday season? Do you want to continue to make progress on what you're doing? Um, do we want to just maintain? There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I, I can imagine that many people that come in for the New Year's rush wish that they could just maintain through the holiday rather than putting on an additional 10 or 15 pounds or something along those lines. So I don't say just maintain as it's an easy thing to do because it's not. Right. Um, but the first thing is is having conversations with yourself or with your coach or uh, with friends and becoming aware of what you're looking to get out of the holiday season. What does success look like for you? Um, taking into account all of the things that are on your plate, whether it's tons of family obligations. Um, obviously, everybody has family dynamics that are some some are more complicated than others, but I don't think it's ever as peaceful and joyous as like the movies would like to portray mm-hmm. it. So, yeah. um, you know, and that can look a, a, in a lot of different ways. That can look like you know bad blood in families and tension and fighting and drama, and it could also look as simple as you are the healthy person in your family and the other people that you see on holidays and whatnot don't live the same way that you live or put as much emphasis on their health and well-being as maybe you do. And so they they may or may not mean, well, I don't know these people, but it can be a point of contention. And it can be, um, you know, if you're somebody who wants to go into Thanksgiving and maybe you don't want to eat a piece of pie or the whole pie because you are looking to continue to progress through the holidays and somebody at the table makes some underhanded comment about it and now you feel like one you feel annoyed and on edge and two you're like well well maybe I should just have the piece of pie and and it's always difficult like everybody wants to have something fun but if you're working towards something maybe you can't um and so it just it always starts with me with awareness and and it 
acknowledging what we want to get out of it. Because for some people, if you're competing for something, if you're working towards something, you know, maybe you can't overindulge or enjoy it as much as you'd like, you know, especially if you've got a competition coming up in early part of January. You really don't have a lot of time to play around with that. Um, But for the average person, yeah, there's some awareness and acknowledgement of this isn't going to be perfect. I'm not going to work out as consistently as I normally do. And I'm certainly not going to eat as consistently as I normally do. And that's okay. But where we get into trouble is when we have that all or nothing. We talk about that all the time. It's like, well, if I'm going to do a little, then I, then I might as well not even try. And I'm so against that philosophy because it's a snowball effect of you're talking about potentially the holiday season in my book, in my world, starting, let's say, at the latest at Halloween and running through the first week of January after New Year's. Now we're talking over eight weeks of time that you can be still maintaining good habits still paying attention and being aware of what you're doing if you choose to not throw in the towel and say well I'll just I'll just start in January or I'll start over in January when really you're talking about okay maybe you maybe your family is huge into Thanksgiving and you spend a whole week traveling and doing all kinds of stuff and eating and drinking and festivities and all that stuff and maybe it, at Christmas it's the same thing another entire week and then you've got New Year's and you've got a couple of outliers but if you total all that up, you're talking about at most two and a half weeks out of an eight and a half, nine week period. You're still over 80% of a chance to have 80% adherence, 75, 80%. I'm not great at math on the fly, but something along those lines to throw that all away for those two and a half weeks doesn't make sense to me. So... That's the second place I like to go with kind of just bringing some awareness to that of we don't need it to be perfect, and we're not looking for it. Like, I don't want you to take out your phone or a food scale for that trip or for Thanksgiving Day and if you're going to be out shopping on Black Friday and if you've got another family that you see on the day out, you know, on Saturday or whatever. But then by Sunday or Monday, throw those leftovers away. You don't need them anymore and get back on track. And get back to 80 or 90% adherence until we get to the next event. And then you have a couple of days in that where put the phone away. Don't track. Don't follow that meal plan. Don't stress about it. Enjoy the time. Enjoy something that you don't always have. And then Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, whatever, throw that junk away and get back to it. So that's where I like to go with it with people with food um, is just trying to see the big picture in that just because it is a busy time and there are more things going on and there are more temptations and things in front of you doesn't mean, like, the first thing we have to do is get rid of that all-or-nothing mentality because with the all comes a giant snowball effect of we're losing out on at least two months of time that you can still be building positive habits, um, you know, getting some workouts in. I'm always a big believer in that a net positive is better than a net zero. So maybe it wasn't as intense of a workout as you wanted it to be. Maybe it wasn't as long as you wanted it to be. Maybe you couldn't make it to the gym and move weight that day, but you could hit the home workout track and hit some body weight squats and some sit-ups and this, that, and the other, and you could sweat for 10 minutes. That's still better than a zero, always. Yeah, I think along with that, like that all-or-nothing mentality, too, like maybe it's more of a female thing. There's always like this guilt attached to it, too. You know, like I... 
like overindulged. I was, you know, was you know, like just the then this the guilt and the shame. Yeah. It's a guilt and shame yeah. spiral yeah. of, um, and and certainly we play into that. I mean, one of the reasons we have a Thanksgiving hero workout in the morning every year is because we all know we want to go. And I mean, CrossFitters, myself included, we're notorious for wanting to to stuff our faces full of great food. And so it does become this like, well, most of the time I don't eat that. So I can't wait for Thanksgiving. I'm going hard on that. Um, and so if I'm going to do that and I know I'm going to do that, well, yeah, I want to go to the gym that morning and I want to work for 60, 70 minutes and I want to, I want to burn some calories because that's what, that's what society has taught us. And it, does it make you feel better maybe about what you're doing for sure? But does that really, is that really the way the body works from a nutrition standpoint? No, not at all. But does yeah. it make you feel better? No yeah. doubt about it. Yes. Like it mm-hmm. makes some balance for the day. It does. And like, it and like you, you know if those it. are like you earned you it. like you earned it. Yeah. And so. from a from a scientific perspective it doesn't yeah. work that way. I wish it did. Um, but from a from the guilt and shame culture perspective, if that takes a little bit of your guilt away and allows you to feel like you can indulge a little bit with a with guilt free or guilt less than what you were then sure of course when it becomes a problem and when we kind of dab into like disordered eating and things of that nature is when it's all consuming when it's okay I did go to the gym this morning and I burned 822 calories and I'm looking at this pie and I can't stop and I ate the whole thing and if I eat the whole thing I just ate 4,000 calories and I'm just making something up and then I either make bad choices after that, or I feel like I have to go back to the gym on Thursday night and run on the treadmill in the basement or whatever the case may be to burn 3,000 more calories, or the next day, that's usually what happens, then it's like Friday, you see people coming in and they're just, they they might as well be in a sweatsuit and a weight vest, <laughs> and like, you're like, what are you doing? Oh, I, I mean, you should have seen all that I ate yesterday, and like, I understand, but that didn't work, and... It's you see it so frequently, and it's it's really it's sad, and I've been guilty of it too. Like, oh my gosh, I ate so much yesterday. I'm gonna go do another hero workout on Friday because I have to. And then usually what ends up happening is I'm so sore and so beat up that on Saturday, Sunday, Monday I can barely work out. And now I've shot myself in the foot. I've done myself more harm than good. But in the moment, it's really hard to put that in perspective and to remember it. And so I think that's where. It's the next step of the process is to lean on your coaches and your friends and your community and be honest about those thoughts that are going through your brain. Like, I feel really guilty or I'm embarrassed. I overdid it. I feel sick. um, And I feel like I need to go do this, that, and the other. And as hard as it can be to admit those things sometimes, it can be really freeing and helpful because you realize how many other people kind of feel the same things. Yeah. 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 And it's so easy to forget that. Oh, all the time. That the person right next to you is probably feeling your angst. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the yours are. You know, why. we just it's just easy to get in our own little heads and yeah, think, and to think, think that, that you're the only one that's yeah, struggling yeah, and everybody else. Sure. And people always look like they have it so together. Yeah, and, they do. Um, you look up to people and you're like, well, they must never struggle with that. Or right. I bet they didn't eat a whole pie yesterday. Maybe they ate two. You know, yeah. like you know, a lot of people. I've heard people look at me and say like, well, you must do this or you must do that. I'm like, if you could really see sometimes what happens. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not embarrassed or ashamed to admit it, but do I go overboard sometimes and eat past the point of either being way too full or even really wanting to because I'm just like shoveling it in and it's some sort of 
horrible relationship with food, yeah, I've, I've been there, done that. But you're a foodie. You, would, you I love, love me some food. Yeah. Experience. Yeah, but even at like a holiday, if it's just in front of me, yeah. I'm the type of person that's going to keep picking. Yeah. And so then when we talk, start talking about strategies and ways, if you're somebody like me, yeah. and you know that you're going to be triggered and it's going to be in front of you, um, yeah, and you, you start picking and eating, and then you're like, well, crap. And now you've opened the floodgates. It can be very hard to shut them again. Yeah. And to give yourself a little bit of grace, but it become you know, then you have to kind of fall back on hopefully some strategies that you've learned through your nutrition coaching or listening to a podcast like this. And there's really simple, silly things, but like just keeping a water bottle in your hand all the time and take a sip of water before you put another piece of food in your mouth. Um, don't stand by the food. We always like to kind of mm-hmm. corral yeah. around yeah. the appetizer table or whatever, but you know, instead of standing there and eating while you're talking or having a plate in your hand, you know, when you're going to eat an appetizer or you're going to have a serving of something, you put it on a plate and you sit down and you eat and you enjoy it and you taste it and you're in the moment of I'm supposed to be eating right now rather than standing there and just picking and grazing and yeah, all of that. And, and a lot of that is removing yourself from that position. So, like, you know, if I go to my mom's, for example, I know that the kitchen and the table is going to be where all the appetizers are. And I know that the island is going to be where all the extra pieces and parts of everything are that I can kind of pick at. And I know that we're going to eat sitting down in the dining room. But then all that crap that I love is going to be sitting out for hours right. on end. Right, and right. if I'm not going to continue, I cannot be in that room. So when I am done eating dinner, if I don't want to just keep doing this or doing that, I have to go sit in the living room and occupy myself. So I have to go sit in there and talk with my aunts or my uncles or get out a book and start reading or take a nap because I've already overdone it or whatever the case may be. But I have to get away from it. I can't yeah. stand in there. Yeah. And if they want to stand in there and chat, I literally will say, I've learned, I'm going to the living room if you want to keep talking because I can't stand around this. And they know that. And yeah. it's just me saying like, I want to keep eating, but I feel sick. I am full. If I don't move, I'm going to eat until I'm actually sick. Because I just, sometimes you just can't turn it off. Yeah. And you, so you learn those habits about yourself, and then you have to set yourself up for success. For me, it's knowing that I have to move into a different room away from the food. And sometimes I'll find myself, like, mindlessly wandering back over there, and instead of going and grabbing something, I'll try to drink a glass of water beforehand. So, stuff like that. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. I didn't think about that, but you're right. It, those events, like food is just sitting. Always. Over. Even Thanksgiving, you spend all that time making it and then clean it up, and then it's time to get it all out again because people, you know, right. they're hungry, like ready for like round right. two. So, right. And prep, like food prep, it's hard. You know, oh, yeah. All the, if you're making it all, you're snacking on it, you're yeah. tasting stuff. And that's where like, I will I didn't say. Eat a cookie, but you ate like how many, like a yeah. thousand little bites. Little bites of, of it, and over you know? the time, you've like, oh, <laughs> exactly. crap, how much have I had? And that's, yeah. and that's where I tell people, like, yeah, you don't want to stress about that too much. If it happens one day, or, you know, in reality, how many days out of these two months are we having these big, extravagant dinners that we're cooking? Right. We may be going to a lot of events, but how many days are you actually hosting and in the kitchen doing all that? Like, if you're always the host, maybe it's five or six. If you're incredibly popular and have giant families, maybe it's 10 or 12 max over the course of eight to 10 weeks for all these different events and holidays. Still, we're talking about 60 plus days, and at most, 10 of those are days that you're know, like, okay, those weren't the greatest. The other ones are still, you know, you don't have to. Just because those went overboard or you picked or you snacked or you did this doesn't mean the rest of it has to just be 
thrown out the window. But yeah, it is. It's really easy to just sit there and pick and do this and do that. Um, and then what you mentioned about like, well, then it's time to get it all back out again. Yeah. <laughs> that becomes a problem too. If you are the host and you know that that's what's going to happen, then you send that stuff home with everybody else. And when it's all, whatever's left, it goes in the garbage. I know people are like, well, that's really wasteful and this, that, and the other. Well, first of all, don't make as much. When it's yeah. gone, it's gone. Yeah. Now, I came from, I come from a giant Italian family where, like, God forbid we ever run out of food, and we've never run out of food in any, like, food is everywhere, and yes, the leftovers were my favorite, are my favorite parts of going to my mom's house. Like, what you got in the fridge there? Because I don't have that at my house. Yeah. But I can't have that at my house, because I will just keep picking and just keep eating. So if you know that that's not what you want for yourself the day after, then if somebody offers you a to-go bag, it's thanks, but... It'll just go to waste. I don't eat leftovers. That may be lying through your teeth. Right. But you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings, just go with that. I really appreciate it, but we're actually going to another event, and we're going to, like, there's yeah. just going to be too much food, and it's going to be wasteful. Um, you know, give it to somebody else, or keep it, or eat it, or send it home with so-and-so, or, you know. And they might fight you on it. So if they fight you on it, and you're really going to hurt grandma's feelings, or whatever the case may be, take it. Yeah. And when you get home... Put it in the garbage. If it's a ton of food, stop by the local hospice and drop it off. They always accept donations. We've done that a million times at holidays when we've got a mountain of food left. Like hospitals, nursing homes, they take that stuff. They need it. They want it. If you feel guilty about wasting it, that's an option too. Right. Well, just out of curiosity, what is your what's your favorite Thanksgiving food? I don't love Thanksgiving food. Okay. Uh, I mean... I love it in the sense that it's different yeah. than what, I mean, but I eat turkey for lunch right. every day of the week, pretty much. Um, so, like, it's just, I mean, I eat deli turkey. I know it's not quite yeah, the same. same. Yeah. Um, well, and cranberry sauce. I don't, I don't like, like cranberry sauce at all. I think I've only had it one time in my life, and that was enough. Um, I'm sure if I tried it again, I might like it. I'm not a big pie person. Like, I'll eat it, but I don't love it. Um... You know, casseroles, uh, now, now, now that's where you're going to get me. I like I like anything covered in cheese and heavy whipping cream and butter. <laughs> so if you make a green bean casserole or a broccoli casserole or a sweet potato casserole, um, I'm, I'm not going to be upset about it. But those aren't things that I would ever think like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait. I do like stuffing, but again, I'm not going to jump over the moon for it. Yeah. So, like, Thanksgiving isn't so much about the food as it is that there's just, oh, there's all this food in front of me that somebody yeah. else cooked, and I don't have to do anything. That's what gets me on Thanksgiving more than anything. <laughs> now, Christmas is a different story because it's, in our family, it's pasta and steak and... Nice. <laughs> you know, cheese and crackers and just... Cookies on cookies on cookies, which are my thing. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a, I'm a little bit in trouble when that when that creeps up. Yeah. Um. Well, you mentioned exercise. You know, is the what we do to like try to find some balance, especially when we know we're gonna have like a lot of food in our life for a, a day or so. But what do you think about like just the whole season of keeping up? Just when it's so it's so busy, crazy, and extra things. Yeah. Put on the calendar, especially, you know, we have so many families here with kids and so much stuff happening. More events and yeah. things, it's harder so, to get in. Yeah, I think that, I think the first part of it is you have to get rid of the mindset of keeping up. 
Because then you're, it's the same idea with food. You're going to feel some sort of guilt or shame, like I missed the workout. Right. Or, um, and sometimes you just don't have the time. It's just the way that it is. Um, but I do think, kind of going back to what I said initially, a net positive 10 minutes, 5 minutes, uh, a 4-minute Tabata quick thing when you get out of bed in the morning of air squats, you're going to be sore the next day. You know, it's is it as effective as what you could be doing in the gym that day? No. But is it better than nothing? 100% yes. So I think, again, being realistic about what your time allows for, um, and then making a plan. So looking at the calendar and saying, okay, these days I'm not going to be able to make it to the gym like I normally do. What can I do instead? You know, is there, is there 10 minutes somewhere on my lunch break, uh, when the kids get home from school, before I go to work in the morning, whatever, can I find 10, 4, 15, 20 minutes, whatever I can find that day, wherever it works. And then whether you've got some dumbbells at home or you've got a treadmill at home or you've got just you and your body, there's an option. And it is absolutely better than doing nothing, for sure. It's, and it's and it's going to help your brain. There's so much about this time of year that, like, even if even if you're looking at it going, well, I'm not going to, like, that's not going to help me get stronger. That's not going to help me get my kipping pulse. That's not going to help me do better at Fran. That's not going to help me prepare for this competition. No, it's not, probably. I mean, to degrees, maybe you can make an argument that it might. But for the most part, sure, it's not. But let's talk about your mental health here and all the stress that the holiday season brings. Some of it that's really, really fun and exciting for people. For some people, none of it's fun and exciting, whether they've had, you know, trauma in their life or maybe they've lost, you know, loved ones and it's, it's a very sad time or whatever might be happening. Regardless, everybody's more stressed. Seasonal depression starts to kick in because of this, the time change and the darkness and the cold and it all stacks up against you. And then you're busier and you don't have time to work out like you normally would. So that's not giving you that stress relief that you might, that you're usually accustomed to. And all of a sudden, again, you got the snowball effect. Monday, you're, uh, okay, I'm a little antsy. I'm a little, I'm a little irritable. Tuesday, I'm a little more antsy. I'm a little more irritable. Wednesday, the kids had a recital after school. So-and-so had a meltdown. I slept like crap. And next thing you know, by Thursday, you're about to explode. Yeah, it's all build up. It's all build up. And if you could have worked out for even five minutes at some point in those days, maybe you make it till Saturday before you blow up, which is still an improvement. I'm not saying you won't blow up. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, there has to be some release of that. Yeah. And there are the at-home workouts. Yeah, we've got the at-home track great for people mm-hmm. to use. But yeah, there. I mean, first you can. Fitness has always been free right. in some capacity. You can yeah, Google absolutely. or YouTube any of this. Yeah. So if you don't like what we've got out there, there's plenty of options. But if like most of our people are very ingrained in the community and the whiteboard and, and sticking with it and following the track, you can see the 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 equipment free and the limited equipment option of all of our workouts. Yeah, it's a little different, yeah. but again. Very, very different, or very, very much better to do something than nothing. Yeah. And I think it's also important for some of the people that look at that and go, well, it says, I don't know, I'm just going to make something up. It says to do an 18-minute AMRAP of this body weight version of today's workout at home, but I don't have 18 minutes, so I guess I can't do that. No. If you've got 10, you do it for 10. If you've got 8, you do it for 8, you rinse off, 
and you go about your day. And if something happens later and you've got another 10 minutes, go do it again. You know, whatever the case may be. Or if you've got a treadmill at home and you've got another 10 minutes, go hop on the treadmill and run for 10 minutes. Don't even, don't, don't record anything. Don't track anything. Don't set the speed. Any, just, just move, you know. And, and keep in mind that it doesn't have to be the way that it's written for it to still be beneficial. More for your mental health maybe than for your physical health, but it all plays together. If your, phys if your mental health is garbage, your physical health is going to be garbage. Yeah. So. Okay, those are good reminders. You got a jump rope at home, you're good. Yeah, you, you have a jump rope. You jump yeah. rope circuits and. I mean, um, but that's a really good. I think for me too, like what you just said, it's, not, it's like if you don't record it in Wi-Fi, did it happen? You know what I mean? Like right. that. Like we. Oh like gosh. You feel like you gotta. I don't know. I used to keep uh, a log a record every, of every yeah. like to prove that like I did work out. Like, I I used to have an app and I recorded every workout. Every single workout I ever did, whether it was something I just made up on the fly or like something I found from somewhere, things that you would never repeat again in your life. I had the date, the time, how I felt, what the weather conditions were that day, you name it, I had it, and I did it for years and years and years and years. And uh, I actually had a Richie? No, it was a it was an app that tracked all this. And I, I'm actually very upset about this because at some point along the way, one time my phone crashed. And I didn't realize that the app didn't back up in the cloud, oh. the data. Yeah. So when I went to re-download it, like, all of those things were gone. And I did have, like, I mean, I literally from the first workout I ever did. So I had every note in there and all of the ways that I scaled it, how long it took yeah. me. So it was, like, cool because, you know, as I progressed in this, I could go back and see, like, the yeah. first time I did, the first workout I ever did, I had in my notes exactly... What modifications I did, how many reps I did, what band I had to use on pull-ups, how bad I was at it. Like, I had all that stuff. And so now I'm bummed that I don't have it. But I was tracking because for a long time it was like, well, if I don't track it, then it then didn't yeah, happen. Right. And, like, I, had, uh, I have a, a good friend that I uh, worked out with for many, many years who used to make so much fun of me when it kind of got past the point of, like, I understand why you track your benchmarks and I understand why you track yeah. this and I understand why you track that, but, like, why are you tracking that one? You're not going to do that for the rest of your life. And I would, yes, I am. I am absolutely going to do that. And I kept doing it until the app crashed and I had like a meltdown about it. And then I had to just let it go. And then yeah. from that point on, I like, Fine. I track yeah. here um, because it's, because I know that we will repeat a lot of these workouts and yeah. I know that we can look at it, but I don't keep the kind of notes that I kept yeah. before. But yeah, yeah, that would be I, I did. kind of cool, like, especially that you got your your first one. I know, still have that. that yeah, I still have that because one, because I remember I made like an anniversary post one time where on, I think my seventh anniversary on that day, I went back and repeated the first workout, okay. the like the actual workout, yeah. the way I did it. Um, cause my first workout ever was the hero workout Bradshaw, which I had to highly modify. I walked in the gym and they're like, okay, we're doing Bradshaw today. And this was before like gyms really s scaled. Yes. But modified reps. No. So like at that point in time, it wasn't like, oh, you're going to do 20 minutes of this and then stop right. while everybody else does 30 or 40. Or it wasn't, they're going to do 10 rounds and you're going to do five. It was, you're going to do banded pull-ups, body weight this, and you're going to do single unders, but you're going to do all 10 rounds of it. Now, here I am, like, never done this before and dying. But I had all, like, so I do still have that because I remember making a post about, you know, seven years ago. I yeah. did... Bradshaw like this and I had a screenshot of that from my my tracking app and with these modifications this is how long it took here are my notes about how I 
nearly puked seven times, and um, and then I did it again today, RX, you know, the way it is, and I did it, and, you know, I forget what yeah. it was, but it was, so I have that first one because I made a post about it, but, like, some of my other ones in those first few months, I would love to be able to go back and look at what they yeah. were and yeah. not just off of memory. So that, that was a that was a sad day for me when it was gone. And but I also had to admit that I was wrong, yeah. that I <laughs> that I wasn't going to track my workouts forever and ever. But it's like anything, like the Garmin or the, the Whoop or whatever you wear. It's freeing. Yeah. That's another podcast, I think. Yeah, yes, like that's how, a... How much... How much we know, rely on that. Or and the need to write all down. Like, it's one thing to track progress to do it, but yes. because... It's another thing to become a slave to the data and does it even really mean anything and it's just causing you turmoil. Um, You know, we've seen that a lot with the invention of of the trackers with the the whoop and, you know, it plays mental games with you. If it tells you, for example, that your recovery is garbage that day, does that when you could, but you feel good, you come in, do you, do you now do worse on the workout because your watch told you that you didn't yeah. have good recovery. Like, right. Do we have scientific data to say any of this? I don't know, but does it play in your mind? If you're asking me my unprofessional opinion on this, yes, it does. Yeah, I mean, for, for sure. sure. And But that's, it kind of, it all goes in the same thing of don't be a slave in these, in these times to your food scale or to your tracking app for your food or to... The tracking app that we use for the gym and to the attendance records. Yes, we still do those things, but you can't let that be your only measure of success. Because to me, success in a healthy lifestyle looks like I can still be healthy and do the things that I love and also recognize that like life is meant to be lived. So there is a balance there that is the ultimate picture of health, in my opinion, for the average person. If you're talking about a competitive athlete, whether it be in CrossFit or any other sport, training for sport, professional sport, and training for health are two very different things. People training for sport are not actually healthy. Um, And that's a whole other podcast for sure. Um, But keeping that in mind that that is the definition of healthy lifestyle and wellness and success in that is navigating challenging times in life and and stressful times in your life and holiday seasons and wedding seasons and stages of your life navigating those with uh, a, a balance that allows you to live and doesn't cause you mental turmoil or stress any more than it you know a little little this or a little a little frustration here and there's normal we, we're human but letting it be all-consuming is not is not the definition of success in health and wellness and in a lifestyle. Um, so the the rigidness that maybe somebody who's training for professional reasons that means that they're foregoing maybe a healthy balance in life for profession, and that's okay. That's that's actually what has to happen. But for the average person that's listening to me jabber on about this, theirs is to remember that, like, put the phone away. You don't need to take a picture of that meal. Um, God, don't sign up for a six-week challenge in the middle of the winter, like, of the holiday season, right. that is. Like, right. in January, if you want, if you need a kickstart and a kick in the teeth, then, yeah, great. But don't be like, you know what, I'm going to get through this holiday season by never having a cookie. That's a great way to set yourself up for six, for failure, for, yeah. for giant failure. So balance and keep moving. Balance and, and keep the, moving in whatever capacity that is. Yeah. 
bots that you have. Yeah, I mean, if that literally is while you're on a Zoom call at work and you can turn your monitor off and you don't have to be on screen, if you can do air squats the entire time and you're not even breathing hard, it's still better than nothing. I know that sounds silly. I know it's like, oh, am I really going to do that? But if you did that, I promise you come, come New Year 2022, you're going to be like, man, I made it through the holidays this year and I didn't gain 10 pounds like I normally do. I like, I, I'm, I'm still where I was. That's a huge victory. And you already touched on stress and anxiety, but that is huge for so many people this time of year. Extra added, you know, whether it's the stress from the food or the, the family or the, you know, whatever. I think change, everybody's schedules are all Crazy. upended. So I it think changes everything. Kids yeah. are out of school. Yeah. Um, not everybody gets to enjoy, you know, they're still working, not everybody gets yes. a lot of time off. I'm yes. happy as a teacher to get right. a couple of weeks, but not everybody has that yeah. luxury. Yeah, a lot of people don't have that kind of vacation schedule. Yeah. Done and, yeah, and they're trying to figure out childcare in that time because yeah. they still have to go to yeah. work. And there's so many things. I mean, even if you're not a parent, it could be um, a million different stressors or things that come up. And I think that part of that is just knowing that that's going to happen. And you know, it's like we always say, anything that you draw awareness to can be improved, but if you're burying your head in the sand about it, you know, so I'm the type of person that I would rather be prepared for the worst case scenario, and then if it doesn't happen, cool, great, but not preparing for it and then being caught off guard, to me, is worse. That's a personal preference, um, so I think that whatever you can do to prepare for that and to put healthy boundaries in place for those things that you maybe like if you know the last two years your uncle gets wasted at dinner and you know starts talking politics that you don't agree with and I'm not talking from personal experience or anything like that um maybe you set yourself up with success in that you don't when you know that part of the if it's happened the last yeah. two years and it starts ramping up again yeah. maybe you go to the other room or you know you excuse yourself and you know you find something else to, to occupy you for a little bit, and you just don't engage. Because uh, what, what good does it do? Is it going to cause you more stress and anxiety? Probably. Um, you know, know that I'm a big fan of this one. Maybe this is just a personal thing, but I'm a big fan of not carpooling to any sort of functions. Yeah, um, because you never want to be stuck. Any, yep. Yeah, you got to have... <laughs> I got to have an escape plan and an exit route at all times. Um, and I don't mean that to be, but just even when you're around friends, yeah. you know, everybody reaches a different point of like when you need time to recharge. Cause yeah. I think no matter how extroverted you may or may not be, holiday season brings a lot of extra stimulation mm -hmm. in terms of people, commitments, time. And even if you are the most, the social butterfly of your, of your group. Everybody reaches a point where you're like, I'm just I'm tired, or I'm done, or I just, I don't know, I feel like I'm going to jump out of my skin. And that is anxiety in your body telling you, you need to recharge. There's nothing wrong with that. You're not an asshole because you need to recharge. Pardon my language, but everybody needs it in some way. So sticking around somewhere longer than you feel is positive for you or anybody else, then it doesn't do anybody any good. Um, excusing yourself. Okay to say no. Yeah, to yeah, no that's well. a huge one. You know, I think too, like there's sometimes for some people there's so many jam packed, like that FOMO. You don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss it. Or this or that. Yeah. Or, but, or I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like what's worse, 
saying, you know, not committing and saying, I got a lot going on. If I can be there, I will be there. Thank you so much for thinking of me and inviting me. I will try to make it. If not, let's plan a time in March and get and get a group together and, you know, little movie, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and maybe having that person have their feelings a little bit hurt or showing up, being miserable, and then having everybody be like, what's wrong? Yeah. Or think that they did yeah. something to upset. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I just... I think I'm guilty of this. We're all guilty of it. We do we do a lot of things because in the moment, it's like, well, I should, and I should want to. Like, I, I, They're my friends. Of course I want to. But deep down, you could be feeling like, I am spent. I need time to just go home and do a load of laundry and lay on the couch or, or whatever. And, and remembering, I'm kind of off on a tangent now, but remembering that when you say no, you don't owe people an explanation as to why. It's okay to just say, Thank you so much for the invitation. I can't make it. Yeah. Not because. Right. Not, oh, I wish I could, but I have this. Just a, thanks so much for the invitation. Next time. And that's yeah. fine. Yeah. That's perfectly normal. But somewhere along the way, I think we've come to this like, oh, no, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, so I need to tell them why I can't make it. Do you care if somebody, you know, like, you have to look at it from your perspective. If you're hosting a party and you invite however many people and somebody is like thanks so much I can't make it do you are you sitting there going well why not you don't think right. that way they don't right. think that way so don't think you need to you know don't stress about that sort of stuff anything you can do the long winded way of getting back to anything you can do to reduce your stress so what's in your control what's in your control yeah. absolutely yeah. some of it is you have to control the things that are in your control to set yourself up for as much success as possible so you know, in those moments, don't add additional stresses to your plate. Don't sit there and think, oh, they're going to be so mad at me when, like, sit back and look at it from your perspective. Would you be mad? If you wouldn't be, they probably won't be either. So, nope, move on. Don't add, don't put that extra stress on yourself. Don't make that another thing that you have to bear the burden of. And, uh, yeah, I think that that's a big, big part of it. There are things you can do in terms of exercising that will help your brain. Um, and food will help your brain. Believe it or not, when we eat junk, we tend to start feeling more anxious. And for all the reasons that we talked about in terms of the shame and the guilt spiral, but even just in when you're not getting nutrient-dense food, your brain is literally starving, and it's an actual thing. Also, um, probably a much longer conversation, but there's actual literal uh, anatomical and physiological things that are happening there. And so then you are starting to spiral, um, and then you add the component of if you're not getting healthy food and you're not exercising like you normally do and now you've got change of seasons and all this and there's more germs and maybe you start to catch a cold and now you're getting sick which causes your stress to go up even higher because now your immune system is compromised and you're stressed and, it's, and it all works together yeah, and now you're not right. sleeping great because you can't breathe at night. Uh, I mean, how many times has this all happened to, you know, and, and now you're stressed because it's like, oh, crap, and we have this whole COVID world we've got to live in now, which is a whole new element of, do I have COVID or is this just a yeah, normal cold right, this time of right. year? And do I have to worry about that? And, and I mean, you can drive yourself crazy with all these things you can't control. But the things that we can control, like thinking about, you know, as stupid as it may sound, if you eat potato chips for dinner, are you giving your body any nutrients to fight any potential bugs that are coming at you? Absolutely not. But if you give your body some some meat and protein and some vegetables and, 
you know, and, and then maybe a bite of a Kit Kat or whatever you want at the end of the night, you've got some nutrients in there that can fend off the things that are coming at you. And they're coming at you this time of year no matter what. It doesn't matter if you're someone that's like, I don't ever get sick. Bullshit. It's coming yeah. for you one way or another. So. All right. And drinking lots of water. Drinking lots right? of water. Even lots and lots of water will help with anything. Helps, and, yeah. um, you know, obviously that leads to the, the alcohol component. We didn't touch on that. Yeah. The holidays are full of alcohol, and again, nothing wrong with indulging a little bit here and there, but remembering that alcohol isn't the best for performance or feeling your greatest or for your workouts. Hangovers tend to make you not want to exercise. Alcohol is also, from a stress and anxiety perspective, it's a depressant. So if you already know that you struggle with this time of year due to family tension, um, seasonal depression, combination of all of it, and you think that you're going to have a glass of wine or a cocktail at the end of a long day because it's going to take the edge off, it's really actually probably working against you more than it's taking the edge off. Again, I, I mean, I'm not saying anything that I haven't, you know, I've, I've lived that life too where I'll leave work after a really long day sometimes and think like, man, all I want right now is just... A little taste of bourbon to take the edge off the day. And then a little taste turns into two or three glasses. And next thing I know, I feel like garbage the next day. And not only do I physically feel like garbage, I mentally feel like garbage. And I can't quite figure out why. Well, why is because I put a depressant in my body all night long when I was already dealing with a little seasonal depression. <laughs> so yeah. I didn't help myself. Yeah. Um, so, again, that's not an easy one. I... Uh, I know, too, if you're just a social drinker for fun, because it can be enjoyable in that sense. If Again, if you already know you're struggling, I would really, really, really like to encourage everybody to try to just you know have a cocktail or a glass of wine while you're socializing with people and make sure that you have a water right there with it. And it, take a sip of your drink, take three or four sips of your water before you go back to your drink so that you can get through a whole meal and maybe only have a drink, and then socially enjoy it and not wake up in the morning and feel terrible. So don't think about it as, like, I can't have it. Think about it as, like, it's supposed to be something that is fun for the social engagement. Right. It's not supposed to be something that works against me. Right. Well, thank you for sitting with us today. Do you have anything else you want to say? I don't well, know. I think I said a lot. I think I said a lot. <laughs> Our, I hope our families can find some balance this season. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. enjoy it. I think it is. Absolutely. At the end of the day, you just want to be able to enjoy it and spend time with family yeah. and eat the foods that you don't get to eat any other time of year and um, without all the extra baggage that goes with it. Right. So, well, that's you know. it. You asked me my favorite Thanksgiving. What's your favorite Thanksgiving food? Um, well, I'm very anti cranberry sauce. I, <laughs> I got that. Growing up, though, my mom always had that canned kind. That slurpy sound when it comes out and that chunk, like always, even as a kid. See, we didn't have that, and so I would. Thank you, mom. Thank you for yeah. <laughs> mom. If you listen to this, thank you for not having that. At least no, if we, if we did, I don't do remember the homemade it. stuff with the orange rind and all that stuff in it. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, um, I'm a stuffing stuffing person. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Is it homemade or is it? Yeah, boxed? my mom makes some, and then Emma oh, just was... recently started making some mm. really good, good stuff with pecans and all that oh, stuff. Oh, see, that's it. Good. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. My mom made one one year that had, like, Italian sausage and stuff oh, in it, yeah. and I was like, in it too. whoa, yeah. now this I can get on board with. Yeah, yeah. it could be a meal. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, I felt like I had a block <laughs> yeah. in my stomach for, like, three days, but I wasn't even upset about it. <laughs> like, yeah. 
But I'm like you too with Christmas, the all the all the cookies, like the special kind. Mm-hmm. Cookies oh yeah, I love a good cookie tray. And the trouble, I you know, I'm that's like my guilty pleasure, like the cheese cracker with the trouble That's something oh, we only have at Christmas. Interesting. I love that stuff. Okay. It's like hot dog. I don't I don't know what yeah. it's made. Oh. It's just is it entrails? I don't know what it is of an animal. What is that stuff made of? I have no I actually, it's best not to know. I think. It's probably better to not know. I don't know. I just, like, those are things that I'm like, I'm not sure that it's actually, like, like a food. Like, actually a food. Um, but I, but again, I'm not judging because there is nothing more that I love than a hot dog at a, at a yeah. baseball game. Yeah. Like, a stadium dog at a baseball dogs, game. I'm like, this yep. isn't even food, but I don't care. Like, can I get six of those, please? Is there, like, a... A bucket discount. <laughs> Again, I told I you. It. I well, could there's eat. probably YouTube videos where I could see how a hot dog is made, but I always think, I just don't think I Oh, there's know. plenty like, of those. Yeah, it's like yeah. that, uh, we're off on a rant now, but the people <laughs> are, are going to appreciate this because if you ever watch that, like, you know, like, I think it was Jamie Oliver when he was really popular and, like, okay. digging into the, the school food situation oh. and, like, what chicken nuggets oh, were actually and he was like it's called oh. it like, he, he referred to it as slime I mean I watched this whole documentary yeah. on it like or maybe it was a 20 it was definitely a 2020 I'm aging myself a little bit I remember like being at my mom's like watching 2020 on Sunday night and it was this I mean it, but it was a series and I was very addicted to it at a younger age which is how yeah. I probably should have had some foresight into the fact that I was going to like this industry <laughs> Because I remember watching that going, that's disgusting, but they are delicious. <laughs> yeah. It didn't stop me from eating them, but I did think about it every other every time that right. it ever came up right. again in my life, and I clearly still do, so. Okay. Yeah. All right, so everyone, eat the things, have some balance. <laughs> eat some of the things. Remember that this isn't going to be your last Thanksgiving, right. and that you will be able to, so like, you don't have to eat as if you're never going to eat again. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And that's a yeah. nice concluding yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Coach Alex. Yes, yes. Thank you. <laughs>